Have you ever looked into different personality types that are out there? Maybe you've taken for work or for a group or a team or something like that. Maybe you've taken the disc personality. Disc personality is a, an awesome way to be able to tell a lot of really good work interaction and communication. Maybe you've dived a little bit deeper into the 16 personalities or Myers-Briggs personality where they kind of show you ups and downs, highs and lows, different things like that. And it kind of goes a little bit deeper into personalities, into preferences, all that kind of stuff. Um, for other people, they've looked into a vast majority of different things. You have like Strengths Finder, the Myers-Briggs, the six, uh, 16 personalities, DISC, all different types. Uh, one of the ones that I stumbled across a while back, probably about like two and a half years ago, that I've learned more and more about has been Enneagram. And if you don't know anything about Enneagram, um, I'll try to leave a link in the bio so you can see about going on and just taking your assessment and trying to see what is your style, what is your personality. Enneagram doesn't have good or bad personalities. What it has is one through nine different personality types, and you could be a one, two, three, all the way up to nine. And those different personality types typically have one main number and then a number that they might like wing towards. And a wing would be if you're a number one, you're either going to be a two or a nine. If you're a number six, you're either going to be a seven or a five. It goes to the number just adjacent to it. And oftentimes that just shows like a person's main personality and then sometimes kind of like how they might lean different directions. Anagram also has two other numbers that correlate from that one number that kind of like crisscross around the circle, but it has two other numbers that are either your growth mode or your stress mode. And a person can be in either one depending on how they're growing or what stressful environment or how unhealthy they are in one sense. So as you get into Enneagram, it's a whole another world of stuff to be able to learn. So to give you an idea, my Enneagram number is Enneagram 8, which is the challenger, okay? And with this, uh, there's a lot of, you know, domineering. There's a lot of, like, high D personality. There's a lot of, like, very much, like, you know, this is who I am. And, like, it's not, at times coming across as, like, running people over, okay? Especially in, like, the work environment. Like, this is my idea. We have to do it. We're going this way. You know, all that kind of stuff. So what I want to talk to you about is obviously not just Enneagram, but I want to talk to you about narcissism with Enneagram. So in this book that I've been reading, and I've shared a little bit with you guys uh, before, uh, just the book, uh, When Narcissism Comes to Church. So it's a really great book that um, I've had a lot of good information come out of this. It's by Chuck DeGrote, When Narcissism Comes to Church. So we're going to read a little section here. And this is talking about type eight. So the narcissist, uh, type eight, the challenger. Okay, so listen up real quick. Most in the path of narcissistic challenger feel blown down like trees by a tornado. He can be forceful, relentless, profoundly unaware of the extent of his strength. He may be dismissed as a bully, as arrogant, as shameless. And yet he longs for someone to enter into his powerful energy field to risk connection. Like Lenny of Mice and Men, he longs to hug and hold and squeeze, but may be unaware of his own power. Most don't realize that a majority of people in the world don't feel the immense energy in their being that they feel. My compassion grows as I realize that the challenger is really a little boy or a little girl longing for love, to be seen and known. My role is to step courageously into relationships, not as a wallflower, or he won't respect me, but as one willing to wrestle, even to confront. In the relationship, I display a safe strength, modeling vulnerability while at the same time creating what therapists call a holding environment for his strength and energy. When the challenger experiences this, he is more apt to relax a bit, to open up, 
to acknowledge his impact on others. Deep down, this person who does not want you to reduce them to one common denominator, emotion, or characteristic, namely anger. My deal for them is, let's agree that you're angry, but anger isn't all you are. And let's listen to the story of your anger together. Now, in this, it's coming from an aspect that this person is working with people who are narcissistic. They're working with people who struggle, and especially in this one category, that's Enneagram 8, the challenger, that's the one that I identify with. And so reading that, I'm like, wow, like that actually impacts me a lot. That actually shows me a lot. Now, what I want you to hear is just a disclaimer, okay, with everything that he writes, he's in that particular field working, not in a relationship, but working with these people to try to get them to a place of healing and growth. Like he's trying to help them, okay? This is not something that if you're in a relationship and the other person is abusing you in any manner, shape, or form, that is saying you need to love them more. Okay, so hear that loud and clear real quick. If you're in an abusive relationship with a narcissist, with an abuser, with a toxic person, and this is going on, you need to leave. They need to work on themselves. You need to work on healing yourself from that trauma, and that's that. Okay, so I'm not saying, not giving hope, and I'm not saying like, hey, stay with your abuser. So I want to be clear with that. Okay, what I am saying is I identify with this section of the book that's talking about Enneagram 8, which is my personality type, and narcissism. So in one of the comments, it mentions in the in what I read, the idea of a tornado, the idea that the narcissist feels like a tornado. And so true because a narcissist is coming into a person's life and they're really ripping apart everything. They're tearing away your self-esteem, your confidence, your, your joy, your gratitude, your friends, your family, your job, your house, your, everything. It's almost like they're just ripping it apart. But the thing is, the narcissist isn't the person who's standing on the edge and feeling all the way to that. They're kind of standing in the middle of the tornado. It's like the eye of the storm. And while they're standing there, everything is whipping around them, destroying and damaging lives around them. But they're kind of like in the middle, in peace and in calm. Because for a narcissist, chaos is calm. Hey guys, just jumping on real quick here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard of it, Anchor is through Spotify. It's one of the easiest ways just to be able to produce a podcast. It's got everything you need in just one place. So Anchor has the tools. It allows you to record, edit, do everything you need to make a podcast right from your phone or your computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcasts on different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many different more. It's an awesome tool. I love using it. I've been using it for a little bit now. And the cool thing about it is it's absolutely free. So if you're interested in starting up a podcast, if you're interested in getting involved in podcast work, then download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Because the chaos they create is exactly that. They're the ones creating it, so it feels calm because they are in control. That's when the narcissist feels a lot of times the calmest is when they are in control. I'm really connected with that, and maybe I should do a video on it. Like The narcissist loves control, but they really are like a tornado, destroying people around them while living in the center, feeling like at peace with themselves in one aspect. A lot of times people will view this uh, Enneagram 8 as being the bully, as being the person that's going to run over people to get what they want. And that was me. And that was me all the time in the work environment. I would have an idea. I would say, this is what we're going to do. And I would roll it out and everybody would be like, where did this come from? Like, I had no clue we were even doing this. Or I'd roll out an idea and be like, everybody's going to like this. And people would be like, I hate it. Like, it's awful. And I wouldn't get buy-in. I'd get people like frustrated. I'd get people mad at me. I'd get all this like pushback. 
And I didn't realize like what I was doing. I was just saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. I'm the best person. I have the best option. Boom, let's do it. Now, as a result, I steamrolled over a lot of people trying to get a project off the ground or trying to get something implemented. Another thing that I can, that I correlated with and like understood is like the concept of being like that little boy that doesn't want to let people in. It's so true. You've heard some of my videos about vulnerability, and I and I mean it when I say vulnerability sucks. Like it's the idea of taking down my armor and revealing that there's something else inside, and that's scary, and that's hard to be able to open up. But that's also something I connect with. There also is an aspect that mentioned not a the person in their life not being a wallflower because then they won't respect. It's so true, especially for me with my personality type. Like if someone comes to me and they say, hey, I don't think we should do this for this, this, and this reason. I'm like, oh, like that makes sense. Or I might push back a little bit and they'd be like, yeah, and I think this reason as well. And I'd be like, okay, like that makes sense. I want people to be able to come and say, hey, these are the options. These are my thoughts. These are what I have. These are the problems that I have, whatever it might be. And not just be like, oh yeah, we'll just do whatever you want. Like that doesn't fly. And that's not something I like. And so it's like frustrating with like, if I push back on someone and they come up with an idea and I'm like, well, what about this? And they're like, oh, never mind. Then I'm like, I don't really have much respect for you because what I said just changed your mind like that. And it's very easy for it to happen. That's something I connect with as well with Enneagram, with narcissism. Okay, um, the idea that they create, that Chuck Dergoat is talking about trying to create a safe environment, a safe um, strength and like a stronghold, like a holding environment where basically the narcissist is able to come to the table and say, hey, this is what I feel, this is what I think. And for me, that was a huge aspect of getting into therapy, of realizing that I could sit across the table from somebody else that's a therapist and I could say, hey, this is my shit. And I didn't feel judged for it. And... That's like the fourth, fifth therapist that I'd been with at that point when I first started going to the one that I've been going to now for over a year. And there was other ones that I would feel that way. Like I would feel that way when I'd start approaching the topic of the affairs that I'd have or the triangulation or the quadrupulation I had with like multiple people at the same time. And I'd look at the other person and I'd see like their response. I'd see how they react and I'm just like, I don't feel safe to share this because of how they're responding to me because of how they're interacting. I've had therapists like get mad at me or like get frustrated or to kind of like push back or come at me. And I'm just like, this isn't a safe environment to be able to express what's going on. And then the other thing that is very common with Enneagram eights. And so you have narcissism in here that like really brings it out because you have a lot of anger. You have a lot of rage. The thing is with narcissism, with Enneagrams, they, a lot of times they don't understand how to be able to articulate what those are. So like a year ago, if you asked me about like feelings or emotions, it'd be like anger, happiness. Yeah, like there wasn't a whole lot of depth on different aspects of feelings, of different aspects of emotions. I knew that there was different things there, but knowing how to articulate it was like virtually almost impossible. And I didn't know what was going on, what was going on underneath the surface, what were the levels below my feelings to figure out the emotions. Like I didn't know what was down there. And it was scary. And it was something that I didn't want to open up and didn't want to share with other people. But a lot of times with Enneagram's eights, they feel like everybody reduces them down to one thing, and that's anger. And you'll hear that like if I get passionate, you'll hear that if I get frustrated, you'll hear that if I'm like trying to like prove a point or something like that, or I might not even know, or I might not even be actually angry. But in the moment, that's how it's portrayed. In that moment, that's how it comes across. Well, 
I'd love to talk more about Enneagram and maybe we can do that sometime, but I just want to share at least a little bit, kind of an expert of the book and just kind of some of my take on it with narcissism and with Enneagram 8, because that's something I connect with a lot. So if you're watching this, you don't know anything about Enneagram, check it out and go try it, go take an assessment, see what it's all about. Uh, there's a lot of good information about it. The thing is, Enneagram doesn't you know, define you as a good or a bad person. It just says, hey, this is your personality type and here's how you can work to grow it and here's how you can work the, to not grow it or to go an unhealthy route. So be careful with it, but check it out and see what it's about. It's a very helpful tool to help understand and know yourself so that you can work on growing and getting better and changing those aspects in your life that you want to go towards growth mode and help become a better person every single day. If you're interested in working on becoming a better single, better person every single day, if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, just click on the link down below in the bio. We'd love to interact with you. We'd love to talk to you and see what's going on, how I can connect with you, and how I can help you to level up in any aspect of your life. Uh, anyways, subscribe if you haven't already. Um, follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or check out the podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. I love interacting with different people. If you're interested, reach out to me sometime through my website, Raw Motivations. Would love to interact with you. Either send us a message there, uh, schedule one-on-one -on -one so I can talk to you and try to work with you through whatever whatever you're going through on life. You know, Whether that's a relationship, uh, narcissism, uh, whether that's just life trying to get from one step to the other and trying to figure out how do I break out of this mind fog of what's going on. Would love to talk to you more. We'd love to see you guys reach out and comment and like on different things. We've got Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We'd love to see interactions there. And as you're listening to this, like go ahead and rate us. Give us a couple of ratings just to help promote this message to other people so other people can have positivity in their lives as we're trying to grow, change, and help other people find that awareness as well.